0: Welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast, episode number thirty-six. Thirty-six, the unfortunately Zach Ronaldo episode. Oh. It's a, it's a I, think, one. I think we
1: should add as well for I don't have their Twitter in front of me, but we, we forgot about Andy Moog last episode. Did, he was yeah. another Bruin who wore 35. Yeah, we own a policy. There dude. has to be somebody other than Zach Ronaldo who wore 36 for the
0: Bruins. Yeah, yeah. Let me go through this long, lengthy list of people who wore 36 for the oh Bruins. Brother. Some very notable players. Anybody Marty, worth more than a third round pick? Uh, no, definitely not. Marty Reasoner, <laughs> Ivan Hummel. Uh Grant Ledyard, Jeff Auders, John Gruden. Not not the John Gruden. (laughs) The the coach that's been kicked out of the league. (laughs) Jim Jim Wiener. Uh (laughs) Jim Jim Wiener is one of them. Brian Prop, Ron Flockhart, Mike Stevens, Mo LeMay, and Dave Reed. So legitimately the most notable person is Zach Ronaldo. Those
1: sound like a bunch of like computer generated names and NHL. When you've like sim to the year twenty forty five, and they've just run out of guys in here, yeah. league is filled with a bunch of computers. That's everybody yeah. who's worn thirty six
0: for the Bruins, especially Ron Flockhart. That sounds like a character in Overwatch, dude. Yeah, actually, you know what? Now that I'm, 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 I'm I need to go through his. Career. I just know oh, he was the enforcer. Wait, he was actually pretty good. Was it really four hundred fifty three games played? This is Ronnie Lockhart. or sorry, Ronnie Flockhart, center, <laughs> lefty shooter, five eleven, one ninety. Um, he, he played in 453 career games, 145 goals, 183 assists, 328 points plus 23. That's, I mean, that's pretty good. That's not bad. Wow! Oh, oh, oh hang on a second, though. He played, he played, he played one year with the Bruins. He played four games. He was zero goals, zero assists, <laughs> minus three. So, <laughs>
1: so hey, he had three shots, though. Honestly, that might have been a that might have been better than what Zach Ronaldo did when he was here, probably. And but he hey, didn't cost the Bruins a third round pick. I'm hoping. Yeah. Oh my
0: God! But hey, uh with that, you know, welcome back to the show. Uh, as always, brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan, and you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, hell of a lot of topics. The Bruins are kind of buzzing again. Um, yeah. After after everybody had to panic after the Bruins uh, lost like three games, oh they no, hit the double whole world digit losses lost. for the f- oh my finally in March. Oh my god, the, the Bruins have eleven losses. The season's <laughs> over. Oh my god. Can everyone relax now? Is, is everyone back to normal? This team's fine, and they still are missing half the guys on the team. Everybody relax. Welcome yeah. back to Bruins Hockey. Oh, my gosh,
1: dude. That game against Carolina last night with half uh, First of all, this was, what, the second? I know they lost three games in a row right before the trade deadline, and this was the second little blip on their radar. But if that's only happened twice, and then they responded by just rifling off seven wins in a row was some pretty... Big win, like 5-2 or two against a hot, wild team. They beat the shit out of Buffalo. They yeah. won last night with half their team. The night after, they beat Tampa Bay. Like- right. Bruins are firing,
0: baby. They're back. Parade's back on. And the the half of the team is hurt. They beat beat Carolina, the second best team record-wise, point-wise in the league, without Patrice Bergeron, without Hampus Lindholm, without Brad Marchand, without Taylor Hall, without Nick Foligno, without Derek Forbert.
1: And you know what, too, is like some of these games as well, like Swayman's been getting a lot of quality starts here. Oh, and like usually so this is right around the time where and I don't and I and I know it's a small sample size because he hasn't been a starter for that long. But if you're just judging off of this year alone, right, he's been really hot and he's had a couple really cold games. Man, he's been scorching now for weeks. He played great against Carolina the other night. He played great against Montreal. He shut out. He had back to back shutouts the two games before that. Oh my God, I know we talked last week about um, you know going into the playoffs if the Bruins really want to ride this two-goalie tandem and have them alternate games. I was all about, no, you don't do that, and I think under my head I'm still saying no. But Swayman's doing everything he can to change that argument that for the Bruins should use two goalies in the playoffs. Hand up, you have a question?
0: Mel. Yes. Jeremy Swayman in his last 10 games as goaltender of the Boston Bruins is 8 2 0 with a 2.00 goals against average and a save percentage of 933.
1: That's crazy. And you know what's even crazier? Do you also have Linus Olmark stats over the last 10 right in front of you? Linus
0: Olmark over the last 10 games is 9 1 0 with a goals against average of 1.99. So 0.1 better than Jeremy Swayman and a save percentage of 0.939. Dude, you know what just hit
1: me? I don't know if it's possible. In hockey, right? Like I don't know the rules. I don't. I don't. Sorry. I don't don't know the rules of hockey. I do know the rules. I mean, but I have a hockey podcast. (laughs) I don't know the rules about this per se, but the Bruins suck on the power play. Mm. They're the best in the league on the penalty kill. They have two goalies who are right now the two best goalies in the league. What if instead of playing five skaters and one goalie, the Bruins put out two goalies and four skaters? What could go wrong?
0: Absolutely nothing.
1: <laughs> I can't think of a single negative outcome from that situation. But, no goals but- will be scored, and uh, the other team's offense will be stifled by the by the Bruins penalty kill. And they put Martian out there. He's a and Bertuzzi, a couple penalty
0: kill merchants. They'll get you a goal or two. But since we're on the topic and people have been discussing it and I think that the the answer is obvious and we kind of talked about it last episode as well, which, by the way, actually, before we even jump into it, I just want to apologize for my poor editing skills on (laughs) last week's episode. I forgot to edit out uh, a part after the ad read and it was just kind of you got to you were a fly on the wall in our lives for a solid minute and a half. Mm -hmm. So. So I apologize for that. That won't happen again. But getting back on track here um, with two goalies and Leadus Allmark and Swayman, literally playing unbelievable, both of them. Um, it's the hottest that Jeremy Swayman has been all season long. Uh, Allmark is doing Allmark things, just being the consistent guy who you can rely on every night. Um, it's been a conversation on who are you going to start? In the playoffs, more actually, you know what? It's more of a conversation of do you roll with one goalie all playoffs, or do you continue with this rotation that Jim Montgomery has implemented?
1: Yeah, that's definitely the conversation. I feel like the. Uh... I feel like sports radio jokingly was trying to get people going, saying, "Oh, you can. Who's going to be starting, Swayman or Olmark?" But I think the conversation right now is uh, Olmark will get game one, but it's not so much of will it be Olmark the whole way, or will they do an alternating goalie system, like you just mentioned. I mean, our last episode, of course, this was coming off of Swayman's back-to-back shutouts. Um, I was, I was, I, and I think I still agree, but I had the argument then that I would still pick one goalie and ride with it. Um, you, at this point, at this point, you can't, you can't pick wrong. And if you want to hear my reasons why I just go back and listen to the previous episode, cause I laid them all out. But I mean, teams just don't do that. You just don't start alternate games. You don't look at a first round opponent and say, we'll give goalie a, game one and game three and goalie B two and four. But again, I like I no team has ever been in the position to do that either at the same time. So um, I don't know. And we mentioned it last episode too, is both of them have so little playoff experience Yes, that part of that too would also worry me in alternating them games. Like if you start Omar game one, let's say he has a shutout, like, I would want to ride that instead of just, you know, saying you get a night off and we'll start swimming game two. Um, because again, like we mentioned before, like it's a different animal when the playoffs come in, like the lights are on, you got to save every shot. The pressure is turned up. It's a lot more stressful. You went over um, Omar's playoff stats, our last show. He has a sub 900 save percentage and like a four point something goals against average. They are not good. And that's the same guy who's literally setting handfuls of goalie records this year so um i think i'm in this i'm in the uh my my opinion right now is i would still start olmark until he sucks um but i'm starting to come around to the idea of maybe you think about alternating goalies because it's not that i don't think swimming can do it it's just because it, it's just it's just not something that's done in playoff hockey there's it yeah. It doesn't happen but on the flip side too you have two like historic goalies this year but split the Vesna, damn it like yeah. you know I think that there's an argument to be
0: made there I mean the conversation that people bring up that I think is just completely incorrect is that since Jeremy Swayman is so hot right now you have to roll with him when playoffs come around that's not that's not the right yeah to die on you need the way that Allmark has played this season it hasn't been a hot month or a hot two months it's been consistently hot hot all season long he has not cooled off once I think maybe the most goals he's allowed in the game is four all season that's and it was like once so you can't not start game one with Swayman you have to start game one Allmark now since they've been on this you know consistent schedule of rotating goalies you also don't want to take that away from them they're comfortable in this position right now that they're in and that could be why both of them are playing so good so you gotta go you gotta go all mark to start and then i i think you go back to back all mark to start and then third game maybe you can bring swayman in get him that start if the team is up i don't know say 2-0 in the series would you be comfortable bringing in swayman for a third game if the series is tied
1: um I think it's totally dependent on what O'Mark does. I mean if the see if if the series is tied because the Bruins are pummeling their opponent but they've just sure. given up some soft goals and yeah, but like at I don't know like at the same time like if if um I mean the playoffs don't have the same schedule as the regular season. So if it comes game 3 and Swayman hasn't stopped the pocket live action in a game in like a week and a half to 2 weeks I would be concerned putting him out there in a playoff game intensity to start a game three if you need that win. Like if the Bruins, like I've heard arguments like if the Bruins are up 2 nothing, if they're up 3 nothing, and Omar started every game, you like put in Swayman so Omar is fresh for... Um, the second round and it's like well I mean you can do that but at the same time like you had like the Bruins were up three nothing on Philly like 10 years ago and they came back and lost in game seven like I don't like I I just I just don't want to overanalyze anything and maybe that's exactly what I'm doing saying to just start one goalie and then just see what happens but I think that I still think that the best course of action is to start Omar game one if he plays well start him game two if he's plays well, start him game three, but at the same time, I don't think you can have a quick hook with the guy either. So it's not my call. I'm glad it's not my call. It's a hard decision to make, but you know, just, I think judging off of um, like, like NHL history, like what team has ever gone like alternated goalies every single game in the playoffs. Right. And, and the answer is none, but at the same time, like what team has ever alternated goalies in the regular season with this much success, so it's it's interesting. Well, like the Bruins, the Bruins are setting literal like numerical records this year. And like who knows? Like maybe this could become a trend. If teams have can get two hot goalies, they can start alternating in the playoffs, or I don't know. But it's it'll be interesting to see who's getting the stars come playoff time.
0: Well, the other thing too is you can co- you can kind of compare, you can absolutely compare this season's Linus Allmark to guys like uh, Shisterkin, guys like Vasilevsky, guys like Sorokin. You can absolutely compare those two. They're ap- apples and apples, whatever. Is that the saying? I don't even know. They're the same. But <laughs> the thing that those teams lack that have those goalies is they don't have essentially an equal counterpart in Jeremy Swayman. So those guys are going to have to roll with that one guy. They don't have the option of jumping back and forth between Allmark or Swayman being two guys that you can equally rely on, especially if Swayman continues this hot streak into the playoffs. Um, I, I, I think when you, you do have to alternate, I think you do have to alternate, but I don't think it's a, it's a one, one alternate, you know, s- start. It's, it's more of like two for all Mark one for Sway, maybe three for all Mark one for Sway. Let's say hypothetically,
1: Let's let's pretend that instead of Linus Olmark as goalie, the Bruins have Vasilevsky, like the sure. Vasilevsky. And let's say Vasilevsky has put up like every start, like
0: all of, yeah. It, is Swayman still the backup?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm okay. getting at. So let's okay. say that like everything that Olmark has done this year is now Vasilevsky. Bruins are heading into the playoffs. Vasilevsky has running away with the Vesna sub two goals against average, nine, almost 940 save percentage. Playoffs are tomorrow are you still alternating goalies or are you going with Vasilevsky? Alternate. Really? Because yeah. I think for me, the only, the the reason I keep coming back to, well, maybe they could alternate is because of playoff success. Like Vasilevsky's a guy who's Fair. 7-0 in elimination games, five shutouts. Shostakhin's done, st- done shit in the playoffs. Like, Omar hasn't. He's played like two games in the playoffs and he, he sucked. And I think because of that, And because of Swayman does have more playoff success, at least statistic wise, compared to Olmark, you would be more likely or more composed to the idea of, yeah, maybe they could alternate goalies. But like, let's say Linus Olmark has played 15 playoff games. And let's say in those playoff games, he has a 920 save percentage with a 2.3 goals against average. And compare that to what Swayman has. Would you still want to alternate goalies, even if Olmark had that
0: proven playoff success? uh maybe less it would be more more um what's the word that i'm looking for um what's the word that i'm looking for uh <laughs> i don't know um whatever in the moment you've got to make a decision in that moment yeah. based on how everything else is going if there's a word for that that's completely escaping my mind right now i'll think of it <laughs> later and i'll just shout it out
1: <laughs> i i think I mean, it's, it's like, I've, I've wrapping my head around it. It's like, I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't want to alternate goalies in the playoffs, but if there was any team, I would want to do it with any set of goalies. It's, it's this Bruins team with Omar and Swayman. So yeah. if they do decide to alternate goalies, it'll be interesting. And I think a lot of people are going to be watching because it's not something that's done, but um, if, I mean, they're on a seven game winning streak right now with these guys playing every other game, you just read off the stats from their last 10. Like, I think it could work. I really do think it could work. Um, but like what happens, like if they're alternating games and suddenly you get to, let's say the Bruins get all the way to, uh, no. Okay. Let's just keep it to an elimination game. Let's say they're in the first round and they're going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, let's say game six, right. It's supposed to be Swayman's start, but the Bruins are down three, two. Are you comfortable putting Swayman out there, or do you go? Ah, maybe let's put Olmark out there for back-to-back starts.
0: If it's a if it's a game like that, uh, you roll Olmark. If it's like if it's if it's any game in the series where the series is on the line, your backs are up against the wall, or you have a chance to win the series, O-Mark starts that game. Unless then, Swayman is literally playing out of his mind. But then that's.
1: I feel like that's also kind of the point because if you're in an elimination game, a must win game, you're starting Omark. And if you're in the playoffs where every single game matters, you need because we've seen two nothing series that if you're up two nothing, you can lose. If you're up three nothing, you can lose. If you're down three nothing, you can come back and win. So you need every single win. And if it comes to an elimination game and you're comfortable starting Omark, does not matter what round it is if it's back-to-back starts? Olmark's the guy. Well, then why not just stick with him every single game in the playoffs?
0: Then it's honestly the more we talk about it, the more I'm unsure of what Montgomery's yeah. going to do. No, and, I like, no. really it's I, it's and it's it's funny because any decision that he makes on it though, you have to trust him.
1: Yeah, you have I to feel trust him. like the only near guarantee is that Olmark will get game one. From there, yes. I don't know what's happening. I don't Unless, know who's getting game two. I don't know anything.
0: Yeah, unless there's some catastrophic event that I'm not gonna speak into existence right now that happens. all Mark starts. Don't game you one. dare. I can't I can't Yeah. I mean it's I mean how many games are left in this season? I believe we're we're recording during the national game right now. I believe after this game ends, there's eight games left in the season. Which is insane. This season has like flown by. Yeah. I think quicker than any other season I can remember. I
1: think maybe you could get a little uh I think you can maybe start to get a taste of what of what they're going to do in these next eight games. I think if they, if it's consistent and they keep going, Olmark Swayman, Omar Swayman to finish out the season. Well, you very well might see that heading into the playoffs. If you see like the last three or four starts of the year, maybe Swayman gets more starts. Well, maybe they're saving and resting Omar for the, you know, cause he's going to get a long run in the playoffs. So I don't know. You and I don't make that call. Thankfully we don't because I would have absolutely no idea what I would do. But like you said, I trust Montgomery's decision and both of these guys are playing absolutely out of their freaking minds. So, I feel almost as confident in a playoff run with Swayman as I do with Olmark, but we shall see come
0: uh April when the playoffs start. So, let's talk about this right now. Obviously, Bruins penalty kill number 1 in the league seems to be consistent with just the Boston Bruins culture that the penalty kill is always at least top 10. Um, but this year, it's been absolutely elite all year long. That has a lot to do with guys like Thomas Nosek. Um, There's an argument there for Derek Forbert and plenty of other guys as well. But the power play is sucks. Is, it's, it's literally quite might be the most disgusting thing that I have ever seen in, <laughs> on on ice in the National Hockey League since I've watched. Like it is, it's so bad terrible like terrible Dude, and you, like what is there is there anything in your mind that you can pinpoint because there's something in my mind that i can pinpoint that i think is the root cause of the issues that we're seeing right now but is there anything in your mind that you can think of as to why the power play just has not been clicking for the past like 25 games
1: uh I mean, the only thing I can think of is sloppy zone entrances because I know they play around with the puck a lot and they turn the puck over over in the neutral zone a lot. And mm-hmm. even like I've noticed too, like Orloff, especially in in their own zone, breaking the puck out, sometimes we'll get too cute with it and literally lose the puck right in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I know that's not just a special teams thing. I know they lose the puck in transition a lot when it's five on five as well. But now I'm curious to hear what you think. What's the thing that you picked up on?
0: Okay, so... I think they're relying too much and they're being too obvious about feeding pasta the one-timer. Mm. I think they're being way too obvious, dude. Every single time... I, ju- I mean, I just watched the power play we had a power play to open the game up against Nashville and they were doing the exact same thing. Pasta is just camped on the side in that OV spot and they all know it's coming. Everybody on whatever team we're playing, their PK knows it's coming because he doesn't, he doesn't move. He just sits there. Like maybe he'll shift a little left and right, but it's like you, you can't just rely on one thing. You have a power play, get the puck to the front of the net, mix it up a little bit, create some chaos. You have an extra guy out there for a reason. Like you don't rely on pasta to get you that one timer goal every single time. It's it's as good as he is. And as many goals as he scores, it's, it's not going to be a, he's not Ovechkin. It's not going <laughs> to be a, a perfect thing every single time. So mix it up a little bit. That's I,
1: I like that take. I, yeah. I remember when the Bruins played Edmonton last, they ran a graphic that said that uh, David Posnok has the second most, one timer power play goals in the NHL in the last two years, and uh, that uh, that listen that makes total sense to me because mm-hmm. I feel like even when you're watching the game, everybody on the ice is facing Pasta because they know he's gonna get the one timer. Right. The only thing though is that the Bruins second unit also sucks, and there's Correct. no Pasta <laughs> out there ripping one timers on that one. But but you're totally right. Like with the amount of talent and playmakers and goal scores that this team has, especially on that first power play unit. It 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 literally makes no sense that they're this bad. And it seems right. like it kind of just like randomly happened. Like they didn't have a shitty power play, but it, it wasn't horrible to start the season until they hit that, that stretch they were on where they were like one for 60 or something right. ridiculous like that. And then ever since then, they just like forgot how to score in
0: the power play. If I have you guess what the Bruins power play percentage is in their last 25 games, what would you say it is?
1: Last 25 games? Last 25 I'm, games. I'm
0: going to say 12%. Mel, you should be playing The prices Right because their power play percentage is 12.8%. Oh my God. I don't know if I'm more amazed at myself or amazed at how shitty that is. <laughs> that's that's literally about one for every 10 power plays they get their scoring. That is atrocious.
1: And f- just to reference um, h- how much of a fall off the... Wait, one, two. With Quick that twelve percent in the last twenty five games, the Bruins still have the twelfth best power play in the league in terms of percentage right. wise. So, so it's it's like they just suddenly fell off. Yeah. So what the hell happened, dude? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. <laughs> And it's even more like amazing because they got power play pieces. Like they got Orlov, right. who they've been rolling out in their power play. They got Bertuzzi, who I think has seen time on their second unit. Like they they yes. got some guys who can make some difference. I remember that was one of the things they were saying at the trade deadline was yeah, the Bruins picked up some pieces who they can plug right into the lineup, but not just that, but into their special teams as well. Like these are some home run deals. And even they couldn't get shit going. So right. like maybe you're right. Maybe it is. Everybody just knows that they're just going to start feeding pasta. I noticed um, – oh, what game was I watching? Oh, you know what I was actually watching? I was watching um, my Quinnipiac Bobcats, mm. the, the Ohio ooh, State ooh. University to advance to the Final Four.
0: That's a quick little quick little preview of one of the spank banks of the week this week.
1: Ooh, that was disgusting goal. But yes. anyways, I was watching um, – I think it was Ohio State's power play, and – um, they weren't feeding one guy. They were getting guys involved and they kept rotating guys. So they would have yes. um because usually like like you watch the Bruins now, right? And they'll have pasta just camp right there on the on the faceoff or like top of the circle, like you mentioned, and Marshan would have the puck on the opposite side of the ice on the hash marks with his ass cheeks against the boards, looking across the ice facing Pasta. And usually what he'll do is he'll just either try to send it up to to McAvoy at the top or try to feed Pasta through the slot or whatever it might be. And that's pretty universal in terms of how teams set up on the power play. But I was watching Ohio last night and what they were doing was they were having their center move or three nights, ago, whenever the game was, they were having their center move from in front of the net. And he would go down like at the bottom of the, of the faceoff dot at the, at the, at the goal line. And that would either pull the defenseman down or make the defenseman come to him and open up passing lanes. And instead of just sending it across the ice for a one timer at a pasta, like what the Bruins are doing, that winger, in this case, Marshan, was hitting that center down in the goal line, who's now has the puck in front of the net. And right. I think Ohio State got a goal that way in the power play. And it was like, holy shit. And they kept doing that from either side. They would just, whatever side had the puck, they were holding it on the outer hash, and they would have their center migrate over to the goal line. And the defense would rather have to sink down and try to cover both men at once and open up a passing lane or he would move up with the winger on the boards and he would just give it to the guy on the goal line. And suddenly it's just him and the goalie. And like, it's not reinventing the wheel here, but I do think that the Bruins should try to get more creative and do something like that. Because just trying to feed pasta across the ice isn't working.
0: A hundred percent. The, like you just said, the key to a successful power play is player movement. You and that's what the the Bruins are not doing that right now. They're too stationary. They're moving like they're moving the puck well. That I'll give them. They're moving the puck well, but they're moving the puck well because the PK unit against them knows that they're not going to be moving a lot. So yeah. they're giving them the passing lanes, but they're blocking off all of the high scoring chances areas, aka where Pasta is and aka the front of the net. Yeah. So. What I wouldn't mind seeing, and I know this is this is getting crazy, but our power play sucks. So let's get crazy. Put <laughs> Garnet Hathaway in front of the net. He's a big ass dude. Who he's a moose. You can't move him. Let him screen the goalie. It's like when they used to put Lucic in the front of the net. You never, you you don't expect Lucic to be like a a finisher on the power play. But if he's creating that that ruckus in the front of the net where the defensemen are like. Struggling to move him, and, and all of a sudden that opens up another area. I don't know. Try something. Try anything. It's yeah. sucked. It's yeah, painful no. to watch. Yeah, because I remember when the Bruins
1: used to put Char out on the power play, and they he had, wouldn't do. He had, wouldn't do dude, anything but stand in front of the goalie's face.
0: They, they that uh, the Toronto Game Seven when the Bruins sided up with Bergeron shot from the blue line, Chara was the one in front of the net just put a big body in front of the net to block the yeah. goalie's vision and distract yeah. the defense. It's it's like just try something different. I'm, yeah. go, I'm going crazy.
1: No, exactly, because as a defenseman, I mean, if there's somebody in front of the net, especially in the penalty kill, when you're down a man, you either got to take him or leave him. And yes. if it's like Brad Marchand, no offense, Brad, and there's nobody I would trust more to score a goal when there's a loose puck the net yeah. than Brad Marchand. But when Brad Marchand standing in front of the net, it's not as eager to move him out of the goalie's line of vision because he can more than likely see around Brad Marchand. And when you put yes. a big guy in there like Garnet Hathaway or Zidane O'Chara, that defenseman either has to say, all right, I got to clear my goalie's vision and lose my mark on the bottom hash mark or the bottom of the faceoff dot. And now stand in front of the net with this guy to push him out of the way or just got to let him be and hope that my goalie can see a puck. But there's literally nothing easier for a defenseman, for a defensive unit on the penalty kill, then stopping an opposing team's power play who doesn't move. Right. It's, it's, you don't have to go in front of the net. You play post to post bottom of the dot. You're just moving your stick around. That's it. And when these teams don't move and they just throw passes around where well, they're more than likely to get picked off because teams know that they're coming. And when you have guys moving around, when you have pasta and Marshan swinging behind the net, when your center isn't sitting in front of the net, but he's moving to the goal line, when he's coming up in the high slot, guys are moving. And as a defenseman, you're swiveling your head, you're going, Oh shit. And you're more than likely to let somebody creep in behind you. And there's, just it just seems like there's no player movement and even like from like looking at the power play from a Bruins uh defensive point their power play just stays in the blue line they very rarely like like cycle or pull the puck off the blue line and walk down the wall and then let pasta go to the top like it's you're not locked into your position when you're on a power play you shouldn't be I mean there's usually five points and you have your center or whoever it be starts swinging all over the place and rotating and it shouldn't just be like McAvoy is always the high guy. Potts is always at the top of the dot. Marshan's always on the other side feeding him, and I think that's what the Bruins are doing right now. And it's just they're just kind of stagnating
0: a little bit. So and, start with the movement. And you know what? We've got like we said about I, I think it's eight games uh, left in the regular season. Your spots are already locked in. You win tonight, you win the President's Trophy. Um, so this is the time right before playoffs. Mix it up. Literally, throw. I wouldn't even be mad if they had a power play line of like Thomas Noshik, Jacob Lauko, and Trent Frederick. I don't care. Yeah. I literally, try anything. Like, it, like maybe maybe the guys who are on the power play right now, you know, like you know Marshawn, Pasa, Bergeron, blah, blah 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 blah. The top guys, they might need a little mental break from being on the power play. Let yeah. them let them watch what these other guys can do out there. And be like, okay, well, if these guys are b- moving the puck like this, w- what are we doing wrong? Where we can, what can we fix? Because clearly, um, our offensive skill is obviously higher than guys like Noshek Frederick, and Lauko. Yeah. But if if those guys are able to put one or two in, or if they're even able to have some consistent pressure, then let the guys on the bench who are normally on the power play take a look at what they're doing and maybe take some notes. It's it's not it's not. I don't think that's an outlandish thing to consider. Like why why are you going to let these guys keep continue to go out on the power play and just not cash in? Give them a break, let them figure it out and and I don't know, just just let them have a break from the power play for a little bit. Everything's locked in as it is anyways. This is the time to tinker.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I would like to see Bertuzzi go out there in a power play unit. I would like to see him go out there in the top line. And like it, like I'm trying to think of who he could go out for. Um, I feel like you need pasta out there because he's your best goal scorer. So I, you would have a hard time taking him out. Um, I feel like you need Marshan out there because he's one of the only guys who really gets the puck moving. Um, I wouldn't put Bertuzzi at, at defense. So then who's left Bergeron and is DeBrusque on their top unit when in, everybody's healthy
0: when everybody's healthy, I think they mix them in there, but I think mainly he's on PP2. Would I be crazy then to pull Bergeron from that unit and put Tyler
1: Bertuzzi out there? Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe take out.
0: I don't know, man. It's, it's so hard because I mean, the, the, the good thing is that the Bruins have options. They're, they're, they're deep enough where they can mix it up and you're, and it's not a liability out there. It's just fine. Yeah. And, but,
1: but that's when we keep coming back to this, like, Bergeron needs to be out there. Pasta needs to be out there. Marsha needs to be out there. If you're picking one defenseman to quarterback your power play, it should be Charlie McAvoy, and then your next best goal scorer is likely Jake DeBrusque. And it seems like that's the perfect power play, and that's exactly what isn't working. Like, it, right. like, so, like, what do you do? You got to if you you they got to move. You got to put players out there who move. I want to put Bertuzzi out there. Who does he replace, dude? I have no idea because it seems like everybody he's replacing should be a lock to be in the power play. So I think I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head. Where there's eight games left, um, if I had to, if only one of them could work, power play or penalty kill, at least you got the right one. They got the penalty kill figured out, but I mean, jumpstart your power play, man. Try some new stuff. Draw up some plays put out a, a random combination of players out there. Let's put the check line out there to start the power play, damn it. Like, let, like let's yeah. see, because they yeah, move why the not? Yeah, they're why They're flying all over the ice when they're out there. Like, that could be a reasonable... And you know
0: what? Let's have... I like that. Why don't they try that? Like, why don't they just check try check that line one out power there on, play?
1: The, on the power play, they could have... Um, let's have Hampus Lindholm quarterback to play because he's the best breakout man on this team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they've given up some some shitty shorthanded chances. Who cares? Let's put on another fence, man. let's run Orlov because he yeah. skates and he moves a puck and he, he jumps in the offensive zone. And let's try that and see what happens because this lineup that they have their first power play unit. And I can't name you who's on their second power play unit. Um, it's not working and they got to try something new. They got to try something else. So let's get crazy here. All, yeah. and, and even Checkline as a power play unit shouldn't even be crazy. Like it feels like it's,
0: it's like was a perfect suggestion. That's, that's a great <laughs> idea. I don't like like I just like this is the one thing that's so frustrating with me right now is just it's whatever you're doing right now is clearly 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 to everybody on earth who watches hockey, it's clearly not working. Just try something different. Try something. Who said it? The definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yep, something like that. Maybe
1: let's you know, Don When you put in a call to Edmonton and and just say, "Listen, man, (laughs) send me your whiteboard. What are you guys doing?" And and honestly, he'll just tell him what we have, McDavid. Then, yeah, I was that'll that'll all, be the whole phone call. The only thing on the whiteboard is just 9-7. Yeah, the, so then you know what? Seven. I say this offseason, let's get Jake DeBrusk out training with Carter McDavid, learning everything about, about how to be as dynamic of a player as he is, and boom, power play issues solved. He's, I mean, he's got the speed
0: for it. Jake Did you see- is sneaky quick.
1: Yeah. Did you see the, oh crap. I'm not going to remember. It was on Twitter. Somebody tweeted it and it was like a graphic comparing players. Um, it was uh, William Nylander, John Tavares and Jake DeBrasse comparing their output this season in terms of league rank, like what percentile they're in. Um, and then giving that number a numerical contractual number. So you can kind of quantify like what these numbers mean. Yep. And, William Nylander, do you have your stats in front of you? Let me pull them up. Um, I'm trying to find the tweet right now. It was Nylander, DeBrusque, and who? And John Tavares. And John Tavares. So William Nylander, of course, center from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, He has 36 goals. Holy shit. 36 goals, 45 assists, 81 points in 73 games this year. Off the top of my head, I believe he's making $7 million. And based off of what he's been doing in the offensive zone this year, this system projected, they said that his value to a team is worth like $11.1 million per year. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of, so you can understand John Tavares, I don't have his numbers in front of me. I believe he has 30 goals, but his was like, he's, he's currently making like 11 and a half per year or $11 million per year. And with the numbers that he's been putting up this year, he could be making $11.4 million per year. That's the, that's the stats that John Tavares has is what you would expect from somebody making 11.4. And then it was Jake DeBrusque and he is a defensive monster. Like he ranked in like yeah. the 99th percentile of every single defensive analytic metric. And he was like between like 80 and up for everything offensive. And it's a Jake DeBrus contract this year. He's making like 2.4 mil or something. And his projection of what he, his output this year equates to is that of somebody who was making like $11.5 million. So you were getting like elite, according to this, to this, this data however they calculate it you were getting elite production on both sides of the ice from Jake DeBrusque which according to them is worth more than the 36 goals that Nylander has in Toronto and whatever the stats that the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs John Tavares is putting up as well so I thought that was really cool because like we've been looking we've been talking about how Jake DeBrusk is finally here. He's finally arrived. He's finally breaking out of his shell. He's like eight or nine points away from a point per game player. Sure, he's missed a month, but despite that, he's still putting up production that is similar to that of an elite winger in this league. And it's great to see after everything he's been through in the last year and a half. And I'm happy
0: that he's still here. I am, I'm glad we can see you and I are able to talk about this because you and I have been in the same boat. Jake Dubraszkis entire career. Neither of us wanted to see him traded. Um, when he requested a trade, it was disappointing to hear because we knew he had so much in the tank. Like there was, I had so much faith in his game and his ability that he'd figure it out. And thank God he did because I was defending him. Like no, like I, <laughs> I, I didn't have a bad word to say about him because you could tell just in his demeanor, like. He was frustrated, but when he stepped on the ice and he played, like he was balls to the wall every single time. Yeah. And it's just, and it was frustrating because you could also tell he wasn't given. Oh, I'm sorry, live live reaction. Brenda Carlo just had a um, backhander that was on the line. They got to review that. But <laughs> anyways, would have been shorthanded too. Um, but you, like you said, Jake DeBrusque is basically at a point per game pace, and it's because he's getting the opportunities. like he yeah. he he's finally getting a full season at not only top six minutes, but minutes with Bergeron and Marsho. yeah, and, and that's all that's all Cassidy had to do. That's all he had to do. But he just hey, had that, to
1: tell the guy every now and then, you're doing a good job.
0: Yeah, that's, that's why he's gone. I, I will yeah. say, I, I think we can put that to rest now. I'm pretty sure that's why Krejci's back. I'm pretty sure that's why DeBrusque took his trade re- request away. Like, I yeah, think that's I pretty would, safe to assume.
1: I would feel pretty calm. And I feel like that's part of the reason, or at least a large reason, too, why Bergeron suddenly went, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'll be back, and I might yeah. come back for a second year, too. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, and by for, the way, I'll take, like, no money.
1: To, to yeah. And my buddy Krejci will play for nothing too <laughs> yeah. uh, No I mean like DeBrusk, he's always had All of the tools In the right. tool shed but he just couldn't Put it together And there were glimpses of that guy That the Bruins took in the middle of the first round yes. Like he had like 26 Or 27 goals like his second year In the NHL and then he struggled since then Did, the, did they call it a goal?
0: No, I was just, I was going to say his, his performances in the playoffs. Like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that infamous I mean, video of him talking on the, on the, on the beat yeah, on his jersey, going by the bench. Like, and he's come like, come and he's like the perfect
1: player for who the Bruins need. He's yes. gritty. He's a grinder. Um, He'll, you know, rub guys out on the boards. He's not afraid to two hand a guy in the back of the legs. And at the yeah. same time he puts the puck in the net and he'll, and he'll, Score two, the only two goals of the game in a winter classic playing on a broken leg. Like that's how
0: much this team means to him. I don't know if you've seen, but there was a compilation, a video compilation on Twitter of a bunch of his goals where he's crashing the net and he gets down on one knee and he slides it's almost like baseball when you choke up on the bat, but he Mm -hmm. slides his hand down and he's like basically playing knee hockey. And he has like seven or eight goals where he just gets down on one knee, gets into a knee hockey position with that old Milik plastic stick that you made a curve on, on your kitchen stove. And, and just puts it in like it's little things like that. I, I don't know. It's you can't teach things like that. And by the way, his speed and scanning ability is criminally underrated. He is so fast when he gets going.
1: Oh yeah, I always think back of that goal he had in the playoffs against Toronto a couple years ago when he was like screaming down the right side of the ice. Yeah, and it was like a one-on-two. I think he might have just came out of the box or something, and he was being like held, like the guy was holding like a baby, and he still yes. somehow managed to score. And so I don't was remember. What yeah, I don't remember what game it was, but I remember like the Bruins were kind of stifling at that point, and that goal kind of brought them back to life.
0: Dude, like, I'm uh, not kidding you. I'm pretty sure that was Game Seven because I was there, and I remember that goal like like it, it replays in my head every now and. And I just um, get a complete dose of what's it called? The, the serotonin. The serotonin. Thank you. Yeah.
1: It's awesome. Looking at the Brussels <laughs> numbers this year. So he's played 55 games. That is the second least amount of games he's played in a season. Of course, the season isn't over and he also missed some time, but despite playing the second fewest amount of games he's this year in his six year career, he has 24 goals, uh, which his career high is 27. He has 22 assists. His career high is also 27 he has 46 points which is a new career high 46 and 55 games he's a plus 23 which is a career high uh he has 12 penalty minutes which is the third lowest of his career that's it that's it that's that's, that's, that's six that's, penalties that's insane he, he has six power play goals which is the uh third he, his career high is eight um so like he's his numbers across the board are up everywhere and to top it all off he's averaging the most time on ice in his career at just under 17 minutes so and boom, that's there what it is like, right there what a little ice time and some confidence can do to your game he's a brilliant case study is that of mr Jake brusk <laughs>
0: yeah literally opportunity confidence booster and look at what he's turned
1: into it's, yeah. it's awesome also too this is the most hits he's ever had in a single season 78 hits through mm. 55 games the guys doing everything out there.
0: Dude is engaged, and that's what happens when you actually give a young guy a shot. Yeah, and he's another
1: guy, too, who's playing for – he's got a $4 million cap hit. For what he's given you, again, I know that metric said that he could be making over 11 He could probably – he could be making a lot more than $4 million with how he's been playing this year.
0: Yeah, 100%. But um, we are probably about halfway through the show, so I want to remind everybody about the amazing of Wellness Company. Can of Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges that you may face throughout the day. Can of sleep, Can of Mend, Can of Fresh, and Can of Boost. It's a trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's That's like an fast. entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players and pro sports stars who rely on the Canna Wellness company to support high performance. So Mel, let's talk about each product. Let's talk about it, huh?
1: Canna Boost gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out when studying for an exam and other times you can increase clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canamen Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Canna Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day the eleven natural and vegan ingredients in fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated cana sleep is an all natural and vegan sleep aid which is convenient and fast absorbing no mixing beverages no waiting for gummies to kick in just spray roll over and snooze control your dosage and how much sleep you need as <laughs> you smack the hell out of your microphone <laughs> If you want to try these amazing canon wellness all natural oral sprays please go to canon that is c-a-n-i-wellness.com and use our promo code bng25 that is b-n-g-2-5 to get 25% off everything on the canon wellness.com website we thank canon wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly boston bruins related podcast sully
0: back to you I believe we have some voicemails. I believe you are correct. Shout out to you guys for sending them in. Thank you very much. Let me go open them. Okay, we have two of them. This
1: first one was from Friday, this past Friday at 9.25 p.m. Did the Bruins play on Friday? They did not. So this was the night after they beat montreal and the night before they went in the tower they beat tampa so let's see what they had to say
0: hey how's it going uh it's tommy tootah's call in right now and i just want to say that that fucking play that brad on made the other night defending for three first run was fucking legendary like, he made that guy look like a little stale out there trying to save his lunch buddy from the big bad bully. And that was Brad Bonshot. Gotta love him. ruin forever. forever. boy. That is the best voice <laughs> that we have ever gotten. I, who is that? Tommy who? Tommy who? You say Tommy. Hang on, let me play the beginning Tommy, again. I, He said Tommy, Tommy something. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's Tommy Go in right Tommy, now. Tommy, Two Tucks. Tommy Tucks. Oh my! Congratulations, God. dude! You just sent the best voicemail that this podcast has got. <laughs> he is—he is so correct. By the way, when Marshawn took out whoever, whatever scumbag that was on Montreal, I don't even know his name. He's worthless. Throw him it's in the irrelevant. trash. Yeah, throw him in the trash. Throw him in the river. I don't care. He—that was. Amazing. And that game, actually that that Montreal game actually finally had some real rivalry feel to it. And for the yeah, first time, it's in about forever. time, dude. Yeah. It's about time. It, uh, the, the rivalry with Montreal,
1: I hate to say it, but the Dang. rivalry with Montreal has been nothing since they traded PK Subban. Correct. It's been worthless. There hasn't been any reason to wake up to play Montreal, especially the last couple of years, because they do suck. It's, yeah, Um, awful. Except for that one, they went to the Cup because of the COVID year, right?
0: That doesn't count.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that's a fluke. But um, yes, but the picture of Brad marshan like looking the guy in the oh. eyes with oh. the fear of God, with with it's a it's literally if you haven't seen it, it's all over Twitter. It's a Renaissance painting. Yes, I want I'm gonna commission somebody to paint that for me. It's be- <laughs> there was two there was two pictures. There was, there was one of Marchand right in front of the net when he's like looking over the guy like he's just taking his lunch money and like his fist is in the air and marshan's grabbing the guy's jersey and you can see the big spoked be clear as day and then there was another one when marshan was kind of like skating away and <laughs> there was just like like a, a, a pile of like canadians bodies behind him on the ground and Marshan's just like skating away like all pissed it was like it was beautiful, and of course, it's Marshan defending Bergeron. I love. Yeah, did you, I, by the way, did you think that that play was worthy of a a meeting with with the NFL uh, officials or player safety, whoever it was that hit on Bergeron?
0: um uh, maybe not a hearing it definitely wasn't suspension worthy but it was dirty it was a late hit to to the head i don't think it was suspension worthy or anything like that but it's definitely something that that dude should have and and did answer for and that's that's the thing like like little plays like that that's what the nhl is great like at you you have guys in game who can self-police the game itself because that moment right there you you don't have to suspend him for that you don't have to really go any further than punishment in the game for that.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm glad you said that too, because I know, of course, with uh, AJ Greer just karate chopping Ooh. Hoffman in the, in the chin with a stick, there was talks about that, and then there were some people online saying, "Well, you know, why does he get a meeting and whoever hit Bergeron didn't?" I was like, "Well, come on, they're not yeah. even close. They're not even the close play. to being the same." Man. But I'm I'm glad you you mentioned uh, self-policing because I think that's a good way to look at it. I think um, I think that guy is gonna think twice of hitting Bergeron like that again if Brad Marchand or anybody for that sake. Is out there on the ice. Nobody, there is literally nobody on the Bruins who would have got as quick of a response for people coming to his side than it is Patrice Bergeron getting hit like that.
0: I, I think it just goes to show that no one even knows that guy's name. I mean Yeah. No I have no even, idea. I, I don't I, I remember Jack had a call. He said I and I it's escaping me, but he said, um people don't pay to see fill in the blank name. They pay to see Patrice Bergeron. Uh, that's, like that's a great true. quote. It's true. And I wish I could remember who the guy was. But um, yeah, was I mean. It, was it
1: that Potlick guy? It might have been. his name? I, that That's what it looks like on the back of his shirt. I can't get a close enough view.
0: Not Pitlick, right? Uh, it might have been No, Pitlick. it is. It, it been is Pitlick.
1: Pitlick. It is Pitlick. Yeah, well, I mean, come back. Either way, look at this picture I'm showing it to you right now.
0: Yeah, oh my God. If you haven't seen That's this picture br- yet, oh you, we'll put it out on the podcast account. It's literally Brad Marshawn fully cocked back with this guy on his back, <laughs> cowering with his hands over his face, and Marshawn's about to just beat his face in. And he, and he literally put the fear of God in this guy. He did. And He's never he, going to do that again. No, no. He might, not, he might never want to step in and, on it's, Garden Ice and it's it's too bad
1: that Marshan doesn't have his Twitter anymore cuz I would have loved to have seen what he would have been saying with all these pictures that are going around and Ooh. following that whole fiasco.
0: So I before we play the next voicemail, I do want to ask you this question. So do you think AJ Greer should have been suspended more than one game cuz obviously Hoffman's video everybody saw it. He's complaining that he got two games and Marshawn or not Marshawn and Greer got one. And by the way, Mike Hoffman Take a seat, buddy. He's the You're, he's a huge scumbag. He's yeah, everybody knows what happened in Ottawa with, with him, his wife, and and Eric Carlson and Eric Carlson's wife. We don't really have to go too deep into it because it's gross and 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 just it's honestly, disgusting it's behavior disgusting. from an adult. From yeah. anybody for that You're, matter. From your teammate. Awful. But um he's complaining that he got two games to Greer's one. And he's and by the way, he's filming this video like on the couch he's got this big bloody mess on his chin (laughs) and it's like buddy we know what you're trying to do here but the difference is you started the whole altercation with aj greer aj greer just decided to stop taking your bullshit and cross-checked you in the chin you both dirty plays but you probably deserved it listen but but hoffman hoffman buddy buddy you cross-checked a guy in the back of the head in the back of the head you coward you you I can't say it, you, you softy, you, cross-checked <laughs> him in the back of the head. That's so much worse. And you, and you started this whole thing with Greer, So shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah, I mean, you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. Yeah, and that, and and I no to answer your question, I don't think that. A.J. Greer should have gotten more than one game because he's not a repeat offender. And he didn't like like Mike Hoffman did that Logan Couture, a guy with an injury history in San Jose. And it was from, yes. like you said, it was uh, in the middle of a play when Couture wasn't looking and hit him in the back of the head. Like this was a little scrum that Hoffman initiated. And and don't get me wrong. Greer was totally in the wrong here. And he's yes, definitely yes. worthy yes. Of, a, of a suspension. But there's a difference between looking a guy in his eyes and cross-checking him in the face than having a reputation, first of all, which Hoffman has, and then skating behind a guy and two-handing him in the back of the head. That's right. why you got two games and A.J. Greer didn't. Like, it's not rocket science. As he lays there on his couch with his fat lip and his big U, U-shaped cut across his chin. Yeah. Listen, you, it, it, it's, you don't like to see guys getting hurt, and right. but, you know— it's an unfortunate situation. You could even see when AJ Greer did it. He was like, "Oh, man, I can't believe I just did that." You could see it like he dropped his shoulders like, "Man, I didn't mean to hit him that hard." So, I don't yeah. think AJ yeah. Greer meant to cross-check him in the face, but this I, this isn't an apples to apples situation to have a callback from what you said earlier in this episode. They yeah. they they're, they're two very distinctive distinctively different ways of cross-checking somebody in the head.
0: <laughs> yes. By the way, for AJ Greer to do that and like you said, like he shrugged his shoulders right away. He's like, "Fuck!" Like, why did I? Get yeah, me? I can't believe but I did that. He's a guy who's fighting for a spot right now when playoffs come around, and for him to do that and just give the Bruins a meaningless penalty and lose his cool for a second is is not a good sign for his ice time come playoff time. Yeah. You can't you can't risk that. And yeah. by the way, Jacob Lauko is playing unbelievable right now. So if if you if I had a choice right now, personally. You go Lauco over Greer because you already have that fourth line physical guy in Garnet Hathaway. so you don't need two of those guys in your on your fourth line. Well, what about Nick Felino? When Nick Felino comes back, if he's if he's actually able to come back, then that fourth line is probably going to be Felino Noshek, Hathaway. Which is yeah I, I, fourth line.
1: I feel like really no matter how you chop it up i think aj greer is the odd man out Actually, i don't think that i don't this play did nothing to affect what was already i think about to happen yeah i think it just but, solidified it a little bit yeah but you know should happen so yeah that was the that was the greatest voicemail we've ever received
0: yeah shout out to him I, well, let's get more of those that reaction yeah. is oh my god that was awesome this is another one. This is from Saturday at 11.10
1: a.m. So this is the morning of the Tampa Bay game. Awesome.
0: Hey, gents. This is Joe from the West Coast. of Canada. love Joe. the podcast. I listen to the day one. First time I've called that. I want to say Let's you go. do a great job. And go, Bruins. Oh, my God. The Canadian game was just fucking money. Marshawn stepping in and not getting the ins get her just brilliant play they can lose another four or five games it doesn't matter these are going all the way no be. love you guys keep up the good work thanks that's man that's awesome, awesome. Man. appreciate it. wow wow so he must know he must know zach hey, west coast
1: <laughs> oh yeah if he's been listening since day one i went back the other day i was driving home from work and i was like you know what I want to see what one of our first episodes sound like. And not even just like the quality of everything was so ass. I was (laughs) using my PlayStation microphone. Uh, I think Zach was just talking through his laptop like he's doing (laughs) FaceTime. Uh, It was just, it was so bad and we've come a long way. But what I think is even cooler than that is the fact that there's Bruins fans out in Western Canada. Yeah. That that must be some hostile country out there, but we do appreciate the call. We do appreciate your support, but yeah, man, we just said it, that Marsham play- I seriously encourage you, anybody, if you have not seen the pictures of Brad Marchand like striking fear into this guy's heart, just search his name on Twitter. I just did. It was the first picture that came up. We can also tweet it on the something Something's Brewing Twitter account, but it was amazing. And uh, that's what you want to see from your guys. And honestly, he's lucky that it was Marchand doing that and not yeah. like freaking Hathaway. Anybody else who stands over five 5'7".
0: If, <laughs> if that was Hathaway, I think that – Oh, my God. He'd be I dead. don't think I don't think Hathaway would be on the team anymore. I think he'd be, yeah. he'd be behind bars if that was A.J. Greer. Yeah. oh he my yeah, it, him it, it,
1: it, He would have came in and just started cross checking him in yes. the face while he's on the ground. You don't do that to my captain.
0: Dude, you know what? Yeah, this is so off topic, but I got to mention it really quick. Uh, obviously, A.J. Greer got kicked out of the game like five minutes in. I had him anytime goal scorer.
1: Oh so. yeah,
0: you know we, we were talking about that last episode that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah but hey, um, but shout out to you, Joe. That's awesome. Um thanks for sticking with us through those beginning episodes and um I loved your voicemail, so definitely send in some more. Um and if, if everybody who's listening has enjoyed these voicemails, um, we want everybody to be a part of it. We want everybody to join in on the fun. And and it, like we said, too, like it makes the podcast and the episode so much better when we have you guys involved, like like um, Joe and Tommy are Tommy. Two, what was it? Tommy to oh, Tommy to t- is a yeah. legend. Those but, those
1: might have. We've had a lot of great voicemails. Those might be two of my favorite that we've ever received. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but if if you hear those and you want to be a part of this fun, I'm just going to plug the number really quick. It's 508-263-0854. 508-263-0854. Anything Bruins related on your mind, call in. any time of the day, anytime of night, call it in. Oh, yeah. So thank you guys also- and shout out to you guys. Yeah. I also wanted to play uh, the video that Melinda sent
1: us. Melinda! I feel like it's been a little bit since we've gotten a video from Melinda. I, I honestly missed I missed her voice and seeing the, the scenic ocean waves splashing behind her. Yeah. But Melinda sent us a video. You can follow her on Twitter at Melinda underscore paints. This is what she said.
0: Hello, Mel
1: and Sully. It is uh, a rising tide and the puck drops at seven. I just wanted to say, go Bruins! And um, let's not focus on, hey, we're going to win this, we're going to win that, President's Cup, blah, blah, blah. Let's just one game at a time, right? Right, fellas? One game at a time. Go Bruins! One game at a time, baby.
0: Are you concerned at all about the President's Cup curse? No. I'm really not. And I'm not just saying that. This team is like... I understand that there's an aura around the president's cup winning that and then winning the Stanley cup as well. But this team is, it's so different. This team is so different in every single way. It's like the curse of the Bambino, a
1: Boston team. Well, I mean, that was specific to Boston, but every curse has to be broken. And I feel like if anybody, like you just said, is going to break this curse, it's going to be this team of destiny that we have here in Boston. So, I'm excited, but um I don't know what yeah. be interesting. I, I keep I, thinking back too of like because like the the conception is that like there's no it feels like there's no team that you can compare this team to. And right. it's similar to that Tampa Bay team that got swept in the first pound by by uh, Columbus. I mean, the record, the win record that the Bruins are chasing is that Tampa Bay team. They had a hot goalie they had a loaded roster given. I think that this Bruins team is deeper than that, than that lightning team was, but that was a team that fell victim of the president's cup curse. But I feel like a lot of the times, a president cup curse. Isn't so much like this mythical or thing. I think it's more so like this team is the best in league and they're playing an eight seed and maybe they just play down to competition or, or crazy things happen in the NHL playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that is the case, I feel like there's, you can't, think of a team that is less likely to play down to competition and not understand the magnitude of the situation that they're in than it is this Boston Bruins team. So President's Cup curse, whatever you want to call it, if there's any team, if there's any team of destiny that's going to break whatever the the mythological or is around winning the President's Cup, it's this Bruins team, damn it, and I think that they're going to do it. I don't want to jinx anything because I well I don't believe in President's Day President's Cup curses. I do believe in jinxes, so I don't want to say that the Bruins are going to win outright. But um, I think I've mentioned it before. I'm considering taking a day off from work come June and
0: uh, filling up the gas tank and maybe taking a drive to Boston for a little oh, parade. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I if if that's if that happens, uh, whether or not my bosses give me the day off, I'm. Risk uh, losing my job. job. And I, will be there. <laughs> I, I, I will be there I don't care I don't care I literally do not care I will be, so be there
1: did you go to the last parade in 2011 yes oh man I didn't here's my thing right I didn't go when I was in 2011 I didn't go I wish I did but I, I was still have like... I still
0: have the little bus tickets up uh from from the the um the train ride sorry not bus tickets the train ticket uh posted up in like one yeah. of the pictures that I have yeah but how old were you uh 2011 i was 14 yeah i was like i was 13 going on 14. i was like
1: 11 so i couldn't i couldn't go by myself and my parents are working so i couldn't go but then like after all the success after that like we saw another uh is it four four three super bowl wins we saw two more world series wins after that you know i never went to a single parade that's crazy. You need to experience I, it. I, well, I always just told myself I'll go to the next one because it just seemed <laughs> like every team was winning. Like, And even if they didn't win the championship, they were like a one seed, a two seed, whatever it was. Yeah. But we've had like three – Like, Listen, if you're not a fan of all the Boston sports teams and you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm sorry to rub it in your face, but like we've had like three years now. We're in a bit of a drought. Like, I think I have to go to the next one because you never know when the next championship is going to be. But regardless, even if it wasn't like that, man, this Bruins team, I would want to be there for that. If this is Bergeron's last go around, Krejci's last go around, who knows who's going to be on this roster next year. We've followed this team so closely. I feel like this year has been so different than years past in terms of like Bruins fandom, whether it be on social media, in the rink, even in the media. And like, I would want there want to be there for kind of the last hoorah, If it is the last hoorah, if you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, the, I think the difference between this year and years past is that everybody knows that this could potentially be the last dance for some core guys who have been here forever, who have won here before but but have failed to do so in in 2013 and 2019 and everybody knows they're capable of getting one more and it's it's really right teetering on the edge right at the end and it's, we've kind of along with BNG Productions, Black and Gold, Hockey Pod, Only Bruins, Short Shifts Guys, we've built a community on on social media and it's everybody's together, everybody's enjoying this run together and everybody has the same mindset so just kind of going through this game by game all together online and, and through voicemails and through DMs and, and putting it out there is is a huge part as to why um, this season has just been so enjoyable and so much fun. So it's it's a really as much of a shout out as it is to the team in itself for playing the way that they're playing. It's a shout out to everybody who's joined in on the fun online and, and through the podcast and, and through our writings and all this stuff. It's, it's awesome. And it is it, it, I'm honestly so grateful to be a part of it and that people actually care enough to to join in and have some fun with us at the same time it's 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 a feeling that it, it, you can't really match it anywhere else but um it's it's been a blast and and if they can oh my god if they can top it off with what we all want oh my god this could potentially be the best year of my entire yeah, life yeah <laughs> man that was
1: I gotta get a tissue, man. That was beautifully said. Yeah, no. be <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but you're totally right. I mean, it's it's a it's a testament to this team. It's a testament to the fans. It's just it's the perfect culmination of everything. And everybody's kind of riding that dopamine high of, oh my God. Like yes. Listen, people coming into this year, we were just happy to have Bergeron come back have Krejci come back. We, I feel like the writing was basically on the wall that it was the last ride. And let's just get into the playoffs and see what happens. It's felt like this whole season has been house money. We didn't know if it was going to work with Jim Montgomery. We didn't know if Bergeron Krejci were going to come back. We didn't know if Jake DeBras was going to turn into what he's been this year. We didn't know, uh, obviously that Omar was going to become Jesus Christ with skates. (laughs) Like there was just so many things that we didn't know. And like, seemingly throughout the course of this year it seemed like almost everything has gone right like i can't think of anything that that hasn't and like the last hurdle they have is the playoffs and um like i feel like a lot of times especially in sports you know especially in boston sports teams we've had a lot of playoff success but there's been a lot of playoff failures especially when it comes to the bruins in the last couple years Here, dating of course with the 2019 failure and just seems like this team is just destined to write so many wrongs. I don't know. Like there's yes. been a lot of heartbreak. There's been a lot of tough series losses. Wow. There's been a lot of, of teams that you felt were the one and they just fell short. And it just seems like this is what we deserve. Like, it wow. sounds, I don't know. Like it sounds selfish
0: saying it, but like, it's no, like, Hey, I, Hey, I have goosebumps right now. Cause what you said, it's a team that's destined to write some wrongs. Oh yeah, my dude. god. Fire <laughs> me off the t-shirt fire it. <laughs> me up, Let's go, dude. Oh my god. Listen, if they ever gonna the play, century.
1: if they ever gonna play one of our podcasts in the locker room, it better be that <laughs> monologue that you and I just just shared. <laughs> it's like they're the gonna weird be weird. like they they're all gonna stand up and be like, "Wow, these are the same dopes that were saying all that
0: stupid shit about that, us at the beginning." These are the same of the guys year. that said that they'd kick Fellino off the island in the beginning yeah. of the year. <laughs> oh, these that's the kid who called. Anika Stickman, <laughs> yeah, dude. But um, but yeah, it, it's been an unbelievable season, and thank God we're still going because I'm having too much fun to stop. But oh, yeah, um, I think it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the show, and that is the Spank Bank of the Week. Oh so, baby! So um, for everybody, if you're new to the show and you're just listening, we we pick three highlights around hockey, um, every week, and we title it the Spank Bank of the Week. Uh, check out the hashtag. It's literally only our account that
1: has that hashtag. So look up. Nobody else dares They say that. Nobody else dares.
0: Just the somethings Bruins boys. Uh, (laughs) Look up the hashtag spank bank of the week and you'll see the three highlights for this episode. It is the Crosby backhand goal from from the heavens. That was absolutely disgusting and harder than any wrist shot that I have ever taken in my entire life. (laughs) Um, That that was one. Uh, The Quinnipiac, Ohio State game, Christophe Tellier, um, third period, about four and a half minutes to go in the third, batted it out of midair in the crease around Ohio State defenseman to send uh, the Bobcats to the Frozen Four. And then the third one, just because it was so electric. And if you're a hockey fan, you know how much Crosby and Malkin and these guys mean to not only the Penguins, but just hockey in general. Obviously, the Penguins are fighting for their playoff lives right now. Malkin with about a minute and a half to go in the third against rival Washington Capitals. Rips an absolute laser blocker side low on whoever Washington's goalie is now. I think it's Kemper and uh, gave the Penguins the lead and they ended up winning that game on that goal and the crowd just went nuts. So this, these are our three spank banks of the week. Uh, we're going to play them right here. And then afterwards, we're going to announce a winner for this week's Spank Bank of the Week Award.
1: Offensively, Penguins has of scored only one goal the last two games. Nice move by Crosby.
0: Looks like he's going inside,
1: and then he comes back outside. Gerard was skating forward there. He never even got...
0: He starts turning forwards. He thought Crosby was going to go ahead, and then he just lost where he was. And you talk about an incredible shot on the backhand. Second save deflects over the net as Millian had a chance. Another one for a
1: He chipped it up in the air, knocked out of midair with his backhand, and he says the puck went in. Half the crowd thinks it went in. The official said no. We're going to find out right here.
0: Coach is able to challenge to make sure a puck has caught, crossed the goal line or an official review. This is going to be a point at center ice. It's going to be a goal for Christophe Tellier, and it's going to be a 3-1 Bobcat lead. What a play, huh? What,
1: what a skilled play. Oh. You to himself.
0: Carries through the neutral zone, terrible turnover, Malkin goes in, and he scores! Evgeny Malkin puts Pittsburgh back on top with 120 to go. And the winner of this week's Spank Bank of the Week goes to... Check, check out, you, baby. Go, QU. QU alum and Nick, actually.
1: Hell yeah! Listen, shout if out. New to the show? If you haven't listened before, I am a proud thumping Quinnipiac Bobcat, two-time class of twenty-one and twenty-two. Uh, I've been following their run this season, but I do want to also give a shout out to my roommate from college, Mike. This dude goes to every single Quinnipiac Bobcats game. He is a season ticket holder. Hell yeah! The Bobcats. They were the number one ranked team in the entire country for like two weeks or so i think they lost the colgate so then they were number 2 in the country heading into the playoffs they were the number 1 seed in their conference they beat ohio state they're in the frozen 4 for the third time i believe in program history they were just in the final 4 i believe it was 20 2020 i think they lost to st cloud i watched that and i collapsed to my ground i was i was so upset um but back to my roommate mike season ticket holder the Bobcats will be playing in the Frozen Four next Thursday. I believe it's against Michigan. Mike, bought playing tickets to Tampa, he's going. He's going to be there watching Quinnipiac play next Thursday. And hopefully we will get to see the Quinnipiac Bobcats win the their first national championship next Saturday in Tampa, Florida. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Connor Clifton, I'm sure is fired up. It's yeah. going to be electric. Uh, it's a great time to be a hockey fan for me because the Brewers are doing everything right. My yeah. alma mater is doing everything right. I just wish that Quinnipiac could have done this
0: last year when I was still yeah. going to school there, but beggars can't be choosers. Hey, but honestly, if you haven't seen that goal yet, I don't know how you haven't seen it. If you're a hockey fan and you're on hockey Twitter, but if you haven't seen it, um, look up Christoph Tellier, Ohio state goal. Or Quinnipiac goal, either either one you can look up, but it is so gross, and just it, the magnitude of what that goal meant to, and oh, the yeah, way he scored yeah. it, absolutely the,
1: insane. To paint the picture, the keep in mind this is the winner of this game goes to the Frozen Four. Ohio yep. State was up one nothing. Uh, what do you, do you know what period the goal was in? Uh the the Atelier goal. Yeah, third period with four and a half left. Ohio State was up one nothing. Uh, second period, man, Ohio State was all over Quinnipiac. I think they outshot him like 18 to two. But QU had two goals in like a 40 second span to make it 2-1. And yep. then going 15, into the third.
0: 15 seconds.
1: Yeah. Then going into the third period, um, that goal that the guy scored. What's his last name? Tellier? Tellier, yeah. Was disgusting. It so was gross. like he, he flipped it over the goalie. And then like went around the goalie and then batted it with his backhand out of midair. And they weren't sure if it was a goal or not. Cause he would drop 20 and was celebrating and the play was still going on. And then I was like, no, he looks like an idiot. <laughs> He'd been a fool of himself. And then they reviewed it and no, no, it went in the net. The goalie threw it out. So very impressive goal. Also want to add, it was the ESPN number one top
0: play of the week. Yep. Wow. ESPN talking hockey. That's insane.
1: No, I know. I know it's it's that's the only time they'll ever talk hockey is when uh, some crazy college goal happens. Like what happened the other night.
0: But um, like you said, though, they had to review it because the goalie on Ohio State almost made one of the most insane saves I've ever seen in my life. I know. And you know who did look really good
1: in that game on Ohio State was number six. Yes. Laura, he was skating around back there. I thought he was gonna Don Sweeney was in attendance. I, I thought he was gonna run down to the locker room after the game and hand him a contract, but it, I guess yeah, yeah, not because he's still in the side.
0: If you're if you're Mike Fellinger at 98.5 you pronounce it ah oh, uh, how, how did he say it? Worry Oh Christ. Idiot. And then and then and, and then and then Maz follows up by calling Jacob Lauco, Jacob Walko. Oh like, my god. It, like, stop listening to 98.5 Come over here and listen to us. Stop listening yeah. to these idiots. They don't know what they're it's,
1: talking about. Does 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 Lorai have one more year of I, okay okay. I know he can go back to Ohio State, but if he does, does he become a UFA or is it I know it's he was drafted in 2020 second round pick by the Bruins when that happens you have three years to sign the guy if you don't sign the guy he becomes a UFA like for example the highly publicized Jimmy VC case a couple years ago when the Bruins rolled out the red carpet for him because he was a Nashville yeah. draft pick but then went back for a senior year Lori if he goes back to Ohio State is 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 he okay or do the Bruins lose that draft do they lose his contractual obligation to the Bruins I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head. Because I know uh, that's when it gets I get confused because he was a 2020 draft pick. But then because now we're in 2023. So I don't know if he then played two full seasons of college hockey or if that counts as two years or if now we're in 2023, it's three years. So I don't know if the Bruins need to sign him now. And if that's the case, if this is the third year and the Bruins don't sign him and he goes back to Ohio State to compete for a national championship next year. Oh, well, that sucks because now he's a UFA and he can sign with any team in the league. So,
0: yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but um, either way, he should be with the team soon. He's nasty. He's yeah, nasty. Pretty good. Big boy, too. He's 6'4. Ooh, all right. So to close out the show, uh, we're not going to do the Nashville game. Actually, you know what? It's zero zero right now, so we can do the Nashville game. We'll preview the next three, including Nashville. So let's see here. We're not preview. We'll we'll predict. Uh, Do-do-do-do-do. Let's see here. Okay. Mel, tonight's Predators game, it is the second period right now. Zero-to-zero game. Prediction. Two-nothing Bruins. Interesting. I think the exact same thing. Wow. Great minds think alike, huh? Yep. Yep. All right. So now Columbus.
1: Um... It's funny because normally that would be a trap game. I feel like for a lot of teams. Actually, no, they don't. Columbus sucks. No, I'm gonna say five to one Bruins.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say f- five to three. No, the Columbus stinks. Five
1: Columbus is in the Bedard sweepstakes, so they're gonna be doing everything they can to lose. Yeah. Um, Hopefully by law, because goal differential matters too.
0: And then Saturday, April first, the BNG watch party at Funky Murphy's prediction.
1: Uh, ah, man, Pittsburgh's
0: fighting tooth and nail for that playoff spot. I'm going to yeah. say, I'm going to say three, two Penguins. Interesting. See, I think this, I, I, Pittsburgh is going to be playing, like you said, for that last spot. So they're going to be playing hard, but also it's potentially the Bruins first round matchup. So the Bruins are also going to want to make a statement. I'm going to say, Ooh, I'm going to say three to two Bruins in overtime. Yeah. And but what if to be electric?
1: What if because it could be the first round matchup, the Bruins, they tell their top guys, listen, hmm. take it a little easy because they're going to be out there trying to run you into the boards and hit you a little harder to make you a little bumped up heading into that playoff matchup potentially. Either not way, a, that's going to be, a, that sh- should be a great
0: game. Yeah, not a bad thought process. Um, do, you want to, yeah. uh, do you want to plug the funkies again? Yeah, so um, Saturday, April 1st, uh, you don't have to be 21, but you gotta be 21 to drink. So funky Alcohol. Drink water yeah. or milk. <laughs> yeah, have a sprite if you're 20.
1: Coke. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got plenty of Coca-Cola. Off. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. Coca-Cola. <laughs> um But Saturday, April 1st, 2 o'clock, Funky Murphy's. Um, Bruins Watch Party for that Penguins game. Uh Funky Murphy's in Marlboro, Massachusetts, by the way. The address is 31 Main Street, Marlboro, Massachusetts, 01752, baby. Um, yeah. Yeah, the come bro. on down. We're we're going to have a good squad there. I know only Bruins is going to be there. Um the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is going to be there. But if you are going, please 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 use the RSVP link that's on my Twitter. It's on Mark Allred's Twitter where we'll be sharing it as the days lead up to the watch party. It's already there. You can search for it. I'll I'll put it back up on my Twitter. Um at some point today, tomorrow, the next day, whatever, just be on the lookout for it. Um, please use that RSVP link because the restaurant and the, the owners there, they need a number um, or at least a rough number. So we don't want, you know, to expect 30 people say, and then have an extra 20 to 25 people show up and all of a sudden have them on their heels and, and, um, running around like they got their head cut off so we
1: would think it's awesome but unfortunately the people who work at funkies would not
0: (laughs) right yeah and we don't want to do that um they're they're amazing friends of mine um uh so we we got to do it right if you're coming please please use our RSVP link um right now i think it's about 20 to 30 people so Uh, probably more are going to be coming or saying that they're coming in the coming days. So that, that number on that RSVP is very, very important. So please use that link. Um, But yeah, come down, get some food, have some drinks, watch the the boys and it's going to be a great time. They got, they have a, um, they have a nice pull down screen projector that they're going to put the game on. So it's going to be a nice big screen TV. Um, You won't have to be squinting up at a a little plasma up on the wall. It's going to be on a projector. (laughs) So that'll be nice. That'll be fun. Um, It's going to be a great time. I'm pumped. I I can't wait. No, I I know you might not be able to make it due to prior commitments, but um, we all wish you could be there.
1: Yeah. I was going to add for anybody listening. I do not think I will be able to be in attendance. I do have a prior commitment that day, so I will not be in the area. Um, But if something changes, then I will do my best to be there. Um, But I have all the faith in the world that you, Sully, will be holding down the fort representing the Somethings Brewing Pod. But it should be a good time. It should be a lot of fun. Like Sully mentioned before, please, 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 if you do plan on coming and you do want to drink, get an Uber home, have a a sober friend drive you. Marlboro has the second most amount of hotel rooms in the state. There's plenty of places to stay. Get an Airbnb, sleep in your car in the parking lot. Don't care what you have to do. But if you do plan on drinking, please do not drive home.
0: So it should be a fun time. Don't be stupid. Um, it's We're going to all have a great time, and we're all going to be slamming down some drinks, but do not be dumb. Don't don't make a mistake that's going to cost you the rest of your life. Um, just or the be life smart, of somebody else. Or the life of somebody else. Just be smart, have a good time, and um, I can't wait to be down there with everybody. And. Uh, just watching some bees with uh, all the guys and gals out there who come down. So Hey, what's better than that, huh? What's better? Hey, who has more fun than us? Nobody. Who has more fun than us? Nobody. Hey, with that being said, this was episode 36 of the Something's Brewing podcast. And we will catch you all next week. Bye. Go for my, I got to shine now Throw your, now your, hands, throw your up hands up in the, in the sky I go for my, I got to shine Now throw your hands up in the sky I'm oh, a Wait, get wait, a wait, TV wait, wait, mama. wait, wait, wait. I'ma Wait Sorry, Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> New intro alert we should just cycle through Kanye songs for for our intro and just wait until somebody catches on.
0: It'll be it'll well, it'll be forty five minutes of graduation. <laughs> <laughs> and what's up, and welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast. <laughs> Thank you for sticking around for that entire album. Flashing lights, lights, lights.